Hello, welcome to the Dr. Lamb Show. I have Dr. Gordon, Michelle Gordon, or known as Dr. G, here with us, and we're going to be talking about menopause. And so she has actually graduated, she's a surgeon, but currently um, is not practicing medicine anymore, but she does uh, educate a lot of women about menopause. And so we would love to hear about your life mission in the menopause movement. So welcome today, Dr. G. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. I, I like to just ask um, usually how your journey has gone and how you came to be doing what you love to do. Yeah. So I, uh, a few years ago, I started going through menopause and it was rough. I mean, I felt like, you know, just overnight I gained about 50 pounds and I was crying at commercials and I didn't understand what was happening. And I couldn't remember the names of certain anatomical landmarks that all surgeons know. And then I remember one time I went to write a prescription and I couldn't remember the name of the drug. Forgot my DEA number, mm. <laughs> you know, and, um, and I was like, what the heck is going on? And so what happened for me was, you know, I happen to have, I'm a surgeon. I have access to a lot of doctors. So I'm married to a doctor. So I said, uh, I, I asked my friend who's a gynecologist first, I'm like, well, well, what's going on? And she's like, well, you just got to suffer through it. It's just menopause. And I'm like, what? And, and I asked my wife uh, and she's like, well, let's try some hormones. And I'm like, okay, better living through chemistry right on. And so we did a little bioidentical bio hormones and I got a period and I, I was like, no, <laughs> after, and I'd had really, really bad periods and, and it was it was so bad to the point that I took a pill. I took continuous pill. So I'd never get periods because it was just really disruptive to my life. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my life and I'm like, this is crazy. I mean, I'm super moody. I, I don't like myself. I look in the mirror. I say, I hate you. You know, I, what's going on here. And, and at all at the same time, I had this like massive existential crisis. Mm. So <laughs> So I started doing research because, you know, I went to, I went to Dr. Google first and I was like, okay, Google, show me what to do. And I got like, I started reading some, you know, disjointed research that didn't tell me what was going on and nothing made sense. It was this article said that, and that article said that, and I was like, this doesn't make any sense. I said, okay, well, maybe somebody's got a course and I'll, because I'm on lifelong education. Right. And so I'm like, let me find a menopause course. And I couldn't find one. And that was like, I said, that's it that's it. I have to, I have to help educate women about menopause. And so that's kind of how the menopause movement got started. And we did a TV show back in, uh, into 2015, aired it in 2016 on FYI called, um, uh, life matters with Dr. Michelle Gordon. It since became the Dr. Michelle Gordon show. And that's on the podcast. Uh, I've got the, then I started the menopause movement podcast on, I'm in my third year of it now. Nice. And I started the menopause movement because I was like, we have to start talking about menopause. It can't be this thing that we don't talk about. And, you know, one of the offerings that we have is this course, we call it, it's a free course. It's a beta course. We bring people in and we teach women about menopause. And during that course, I say, you know, chances are, you know, when you, when you had your period, you got sat down, you had a talk, you know, your body's going to change. It's going to happen. This is what's good, you know, and then we have children and, and our bodies change and this is what's going to happen. And, and nobody tells us like our whole, like girl parts are going to be completely effed up from, from having babies. Right. <laughs> and, and so the, then menopause hits and everything changes again. And it's like, well, wh where's the, where's the education on that? Mm -hmm. And 
when I first started it, people were like, well, nobody's searching for menopause. Right. And I said, I, I don't care. We have to, we have to break the silence. We have to talk about menopause as if it's not a big stigma. Right. And, and so I started with basically really just trying to put out some ed education and I did a lot of surveys and I've surveyed over 50,000 women in menopause. So I really have a good handle on, on what the actual issues are. I mean, number one is weight gain. That's the number one external problem. But mm -hmm. after that, it, it, there's, there's a lot of internal struggles. Like, I don't know who I am anymore. And why do, why do I feel like a, an alien is beamed down and taking control of my body, my mind, my emotions, and my mood? You know, who is that person who's yelling at the kids? So I started, I, I started looking at that and I'm like, okay, how can I, how can I make this work? And so what I did was I, I started just applying certain principles to myself. I studied nutrition I studied hormones first. I'm like, what's the heck's going on? Mm -hmm. And then I studied nutrition and I'm like, okay, now I understand how to eat. And the, the weight started falling off. And I started studied like, edu uh, I studied uh, movement. Like what's the best way for menopausal women to move? And I started doing that. And then I said, well, I'm really having this existential crisis. What is the best way to think? And so I started you know, looking at that. And so we've got a program that uh, we call it the Mental Mastery Academy, and it's got four pillars and that's science and it's how to eat and how to move and how to think. And when I applied these things to myself, so I'd like tested and I started writing things down and, you know, and um, not only did I lose 50 pounds, I started moving my body more. I can do more with this body than I was ever able to do when I was a teenager, but I started loving life again. And I realized that I had created a life I didn't love and I didn't want to be doing medicine anymore. And then COVID hit and I was like, you know, I don't want to have to be, you know, playing this weird game about, you know, because the hospitals really pretty much locked themselves down even to their doctors. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and it just, the, the whole, the whole gestalt of practicing medicine in America just really just, it was horrible. And I was like, okay, system, it doesn't treat doctors well. It doesn't treat patients no. well either. Yeah. It doesn't treat anyone well. It mm -hmm. treats the corporate, it treats, I mean, it's, it's all about the bottom line because it's corporate medicine. So, mm -hmm. you know, America, the home of the, the home of the corporation, the land of the profit. So, <laughs> so I, I, I said, okay, well, how can I, how can I do something different? And that's, that's how I really started looking at, at, at the menopause movement and trying to serve women in, in a more profound way. And so we have transformation and coaching. That's great. And so you said you've done lots of surveys and lots of questionnaires to yeah. women that are going through menopause. Is yeah. it every, does every woman have to have the symptoms of menopause? Or are there women that basically can come out unscathed? Uh, is, or is this something that has just recently happened like 30, 40 years ago that women go through the same type of menopause symptoms? Yeah, so it's really... I, I want to say, I mean, anecdotally, right. My, my friend who does Chinese medicine said that there was no word for menopause in, in, in Chinese up until recently. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and I, I, and, and I've looked at that and I was, and I was like, well, why, why is menopause so much more disruptive now than it was maybe in the sixties and seventies when, you know, I mean, I'm 50, I'm going to be 58 years, 57 years old next month. And my mom had a surgical menopause and I don't remember her complaining that much. I mean, she was pretty moody anyway, uh, but, but that was, that was in the seventies. And when you look back at pictures of people 
from the 70s, if you look back at old pictures, say, of Disneyland, and you can see what people look like, and even in rides that have been around since the beginning, mm -hmm. like uh, It's a Small World, mm -hmm. they had to make those bigger to accommodate the bigger American, right? Mm -hmm. So what happened is that in after after World War II, we had this rise of industrialism and how awesome industrialism is. And, and it was like, you know, again, better living through chemistry. Right. And so we start, I remember when, when Swanson put out the hungry man dinner and, and these, these were so awesome. And like my brothers and I used to fight about who got to, who got to do the, the, you know, who got to eat the, the hungry man dinner and, you know, TV dinners was such a treat. And we started Just using the diet, right? The American, right. well, the sad we, American diet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we we st we used to eat things like bacon and eggs for breakfast, right? And we started eating things that you know were more manufactured. And what happened was, as the corporations got more and more leeway, right? There was less and less oversight, and we started using byproducts of of other industries like corn and cotton and soy. And, mm -hmm. and we started using their, the, these oils, these manufactured oils that have to go through this massive production and they're so cheap and they're odorless and they're tasteless. And they, you know, they, the food they that's cooked seems like mm -hmm. they're really good, but fat is the building blocks of our hormones. And so if we're giving our bodies bad fats, and there are three S's and three C's. So if you're going to, if you're, if you've got a pen, write these down, mm -hmm. it's corn, canola, cotton seed, soy, safflower, sunflower. If you, if you stop nothing else, but those six oils, you'll feel a lot better because mm -hmm. you're going to give your body much better building blocks. So manufacturing go to oil then uh, my go-to oil is olive oil and avocado for higher heat. Mm-hmm. But manufactured oils are found to be more, so, so what you see in the population is that as the diet changed, as we had this big food experiment after Ansel Keys and all the things, that the diabetes just kind of logarithmically goes up and it's directly correlated with the use of seed oils and of course, you know, more simple sugars in the diet. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, I want to say that, that you know, we, we teach inside the menopause movement, we teach a way of eating that is easy, but it helps decrease symptoms. Now we know that there are certain foods that are going to make your symptoms worse, spicy food, chocolate, red wine come to mind for, especially for hot flashes, mm -hmm. right? Uh, if you want to sleep at night, don't drink because right. alcohol disrupts your sleep cycle, but, um, it's not, impossible to lose weight in menopause as many people have, you know, it feels like it is because the weight comes on, seems to come on so much easier. The problem is, is that our metabolisms don't really slow down. The problem is, is that there's an issue with our hunger hormones. Mm -hmm. So we have problems with leptin and ghrelin and, and the, the things that tell us whether we're full or not. And I know that I have to wait longer to, to, to for my body to tell me I'm full. So you so, should stop earlier, right? Like 70% yeah. or 60%. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and give yourself 20 minutes before you eat. And that, that can be hard if you're super hungry, especially if you're using like something like an intermittent fasting and you're starving, right? Mm -hmm. Which is why I don't fast. Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> Not to say it isn't a good thing because it's, it's a, it's a good strategy. I mean, listen, 
I really truly believe that weight loss is an inner game, that if you want to lose weight, you have to be somebody different. You can't be doing the same things that that person who gained all the weight does. You have to change who you're, who you're fundamentally being mm-hmm. until you can start to deal with the inner game, the, the, the existential crises that come with just living life. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the way we think matters. That's why we focus so much on, on the mental mate way of thinking in our program. That's great. Because yeah, because if you really want to make a change in your life, you know, we can talk all we want, we can complain all we want, but until we start to actually take steps, so you got to have accountability and that's what, that's what the menopause movement helps with. That's good. What would you say are the five top issues that women suffer through or they have during menopause and how you can actually help them through it? Yeah. So we have the external problems of of symptoms, right? Um, Hot flashes, mood swings, loss of libido, uh, sleep disturbance, weight gain. Okay. Those are the external, but then there's, but then there's more. And that's where, that's where I realized that, that we really have to, to push. I mean, we got to look at our relationships mostly to ourselves. Like, how am I talking to myself and, and, and am I being forgiving to myself? But we've got a problem. The other thing that we see in menopause is we've got a problem with our mood attitudes and emotions, or we, you know, we might not be relating as well or being as good of a parent as we, we used to be, or have as much patience or, or anxiety comes on. And so what I do is, you know, I, I, I teach, I teach women how to, how to manage your symptoms naturally, because at the end of the day, what, what women really want is to feel like themselves again. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's just the underlying thing. Like, how can I just feel like myself again? And then, and then we have other, other like things that draw us in. Like, I want to look in the mirror and like what I see. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so what we do is we, we help women feel like themselves again in eight weeks or less without pills, potions, powders, or patches. And a lot of that has to do with mindset. So it's, it's really important and, and nobody wants to look at that, right? Nobody wants to say that, that missing what, piece. Yeah. That, that they my mind physically, right. But, so give me a pill. You know, I mean, one of my survey questions was if there was a, you know, if there was a magic bullet, if there was a magic formula, what would it look like? It would be a pill. It would be a pill. It'd be a pill. And the thing is, and I hate to say this to your audience, but this is true. If you want to change, if you want to change in your life, you got to do that work. You know, you can't expect to get a change from coming from the same place where you are right now. You you, you know, the change takes time and takes accountability. And that was the big wake up for me. It was like my behavior caused this. It wasn't menopause that caused my weight loss. It was my behavior. I mean, my weight gain. Menopause didn't cause my weight gain. It was my behavior that caused the weight gain. And I, once I took responsibility for that, I was like, okay, well, what do I have to change in my behavior to own up to that? And that was hard. That was a hard realization. So do you say that all women have to change their behavior, meaning once they hit menopause, they have to change or um, this behavior is because they had bad habits previously? It's, it's hard to say, yeah, it's hard to say which, but what I can say is that the women who join my program are looking for a change in, in life. And I was looking for a change. I mean, I woke up in the middle of my menopause, hating my life. I, I was like, what did I do? What kind of a life did I create here? Mm-hmm. And, and I started looking for ways to change it. And, and so I just teach kind of what I did for myself, 
but it's not for everyone. And not everyone is going to have a horrible time or not everyone has misery. But if you look at most online forums about menopause, it's just big, a lot of complaints, right? Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's just like menopause sucks and it's taken away this, it's taken away that. And to tell you the truth, if, if you think that menopause sucks, then you're giving menopause power over your life. And we don't have to give, we, you know, suffering is optional. There is no, no need to suffer. All we have to do is just um, start to look at things from a different perspective and then we can end our suffering. Oh, that's a good way to look at it. Right? Yeah. The mind, mind over body or symptoms. Exactly. And so any other um, tips that you can give for changing mindset or behavior? Well, it, so if you start looking at the things that you think about, right? So we really dive into this and, and it's so, this was so different. I mean, I'm a, I'm a physician, right? I'm, I'm a surgeon. And, and so for me to start looking at from at, you know, to go deep into behavior change, which is what really I focus on is, you know, why would I go into the science of behavior change if I'm a surgeon and what I do is take out gallbladders when people are, you know, like having a gallbladder attack. Right. And the reason was that I, that, that, you know, most of the time it comes out of necessity, right? So, so anybody who teaches anything, usually it comes from like, what did I need to learn to on my journey? Right. And so for me, I was like, what, what are these deep seated beliefs that I have that I, that I, that I got maybe from growing up for the first seven years of my life? And are they still true? And I'll tell you, one of them was that I had to be a doctor to be, to make any money. And so at five years old, I, I formed this belief that the only way I could make money was to be a doctor. My mom had a couple of uh, uncles, my couple of brothers who were doctors and they made a lot of money. My mom made some sort of a statement. They're doctors, they make a lot of money. And so my five-year-old brain wanted to say, to, to please my mom. And so I had this subconscious programming running and I entered medical school at 31, at age 31, because the only way I could make money was to be a doctor. And I, I mean, it, it worked, I made money, but I, I, it wasn't, that wasn't for me. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I, I spent some time really looking at my unconscious belief and what, what are those unconscious beliefs that are driving my behavior and how are they causing me to feel? And, and so this is deep work. It's not, it's, I mean, and for me, I just had this opportunity in menopause where, where I was like, I need to look at everything I believe in. And is it true? Because in reality, a belief is just a sentence we say over and over and over again in our head. Mm. It's just a thought we keep thinking. There's not a whole lot of things that are true, right? What's true? Gravity. Gravity sucks at 9.8 meters per second squared. That we know for sure, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. And so, I mean, so there's been a lot of adversity in my life. And what happened was I had my, my marriage broke up. My husband left. I'm alone. I have this job, but I can't go all the time because my son's getting chemo. So I applied to medical school because why not? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you can make money. <laughs> right. Because that's the only way to make money. So, you know, so I've got this kid who's, who's getting chemo and he had three years of treatment and uh, you know, I'm newly divorced and I'm a single parent. And I apply to medical school and I get into the school in Pomona, the only school that's, uh, that's, you know, close. I mean, I applied to Loma Linda too, but it was pretty far away. And so I got in to school five days before school opened. 
So I was waitlisted and then I got in and it was really great because I was living in Claremont at the time and I'd ride my bike, to, I'd ride my bike, take my son up to babysitting, ride yeah. my bike to school, ride my bike back. So I got a lot of exercise. So, yeah. So it's been, it's, it's been a really interesting life and, and looking at it from a, a, my, a mindset perspective now, you know, I start, I, I like to look back at my life and say, what specifically did I manifest from my thoughts back then? And how, how is that affecting me now? So I'm sure you didn't expect to talk about menopause and, and have this come out, but Mindset. It's just, no, that's great. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. G. Um, tell me a little, just, uh, you had a little blurb about soy. Uh, what do you think about oh, it? Oh yeah. So soy is, it's really interesting because soy is filled with phytoestrogens, right? Mm -hmm. And so there are some schools of thought that'll say, take soy to decrease your hot flashes. And then there's some schools of thought that say, stay, take, stay away from soy because it's going to disrupt your hormone production. And so I don't like soy because it's all, almost all hundred percent GMO. That's the reason I don't like it. And, and when I learned about GMO crops, what I learned was that when the GMO seeds kind of flew over to the grazing land of other animals, those animals died when they ate it. And I was like, I don't think I want that in my body. Yeah. So I stay away from it. And it just for that reason, I mean, I don't have any other science behind it, but for that reason, I stay away from the, the roundup ready type stuff because I, I, you know, I don't want something that is resistant to a pesticide in my body, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but there's, there's a whole science. I mean, I did a podcast with Dr. Kate Shanahan and we talked about, about oils specifically seed oils and, and how there is a whole arm of science that's dedicated to, to only making soy safer for humans. Now, if we have that, you know, why can't we just eat coconut oil? I mean, I know it's more expensive, but you know, at least coconut oil is not going to you know, mess you up like that. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or grow your own soy, soy from non-GMO. Yeah, you beans. could. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that's that's great. Um, we've talked a lot about menopause. Uh, and thank you so much for your time, Dr. Gordon, uh, and sharing your experience as you've gone through your life and you've gone through menopause and how you came out of it. And so, if people wanted to need, if people wanted help with their menopause, how would where would you sh show show them? Yeah, so you can go to menopausemovement.com. We've got a quiz there to what's your slimming type, your menopause slimming type, and and we'll tailor some offerings to you just for your specific type. Um, what, you know, women in menopause want to lose weight. And so that's what we, that's what we start with. We, we really can help you lose weight. We've got a whole weight loss side. And then when you're ready, we can help you create a life you love. And that's, that's what it's all about. We really, you know, what, what I've noticed as I've, as I've, you know, kind of, we're fledgling and we're getting started, but as the women come through my programs, you know, I've got women who say things like, you know, I would have spent five times as much to see this much change in my life. And, and it's not just about losing weight. It's about like creating a better relationship with yourself. And that's, that's what I found so powerful in, in this training. So it isn't so much about, you know, we can talk about mindset all day long, but I, I want to wake up every single morning and be grateful for the life I have and be ready to go and, and want to want to live. And when I was doing surgery, that's not the kind of life I had. Yeah. I can understand that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so that's why I retired from clinical medicine in, in 2020. Oh, that's great. 
Thank you so much for sharing, like I said. Um, and so if people want to find you, definitely follow Dr. Michelle Gordon and mm -hmm. hit up the menopause movement. So if you've liked this episode on the Dr. Lamb Show, make sure you like, share, and subscribe, and we'll see you next week. This podcast has been produced and broadcast solely for informational and educational purposes by Lamb Clinic. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. The products and supplements discussed in this podcast are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If you believe you may have a medical condition, please consult your own doctor. Opinions of guests are their own, and Lamb Clinic does not endorse or accept responsibility for any of the statements and views made by guests. The views and opinions of guests in the podcast are their own and do not reflect those of Lamb Clinic. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. In some cases, individuals on the podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in the products or services referred to herein. Podcast listeners should always seek the advice of their physicians or other qualified health providers with any questions they may have regarding their own medical conditions. Podcast listeners must always continue to follow the advice of their personal physicians for all of their medical needs.